BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Monday, January 30th, 2023. It's about 3.15 or 3.20 in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States. Jack Devine, uh, Career Central Intelligence Agency, joins us now so that we have uh, the opportunity to pick his brain and hear a side of the conflagration between Russia uh, and Ukraine that we might not always hear. Jack, it's always a pleasure. I'm smiling because uh, a lot of your fans, those who love to... <laughs> express strong opinions about you have already lined up and they're expressing those opinions. How significant is it uh, that after arm twisting, Germany has agreed to send leopard tanks to Ukraine and the United States has agreed uh, to send uh, uh, Abrams and Bradley tanks from a military perspective. I know you're an intel guy, but from a military perspective, or even from an intelligence perspective, or even just from Jack Devine's perspective, how significant are the uh, how significant are these agreements to send tanks, and why the arm twisting, the public arm twisting and hand wringing by the Chancellor of Germany? Yeah, but if we just go back a year or two and how we thought about Europe and how committed they were or not to NATO and our relationship with them. Now we're talking about together putting tanks in. That's big. And now that's not big for just the war in Ukraine. It's about the nature of the relationship as it faces the threat with, uh, with Russia. So I think it's a big deal. I'm, um, it's not so many tanks that are going to come actually from Germany. I think the last number I saw was something like 14. That's not going to turn the tide of war. But the Poles, the Estonians, there's a number of countries that have them, because, but because of the agreement, they have to have Germany to sign up. So maybe you'll get the 200 tanks. I know some people say, well, what's 200 tanks? Well, if you're on the other side of 200 Leopard tanks, you, you want to run as fast as you can. Or right, well, general, now, but general, The only uh, thing, Judge, in fairness, the only thing I want to say to the to the people that might criticize it is my concern is how fast are we going to get there? How quickly can you train people? Because March, April isn't far away. And if there's going to be a push, um, you know, you need to have your best in place. And okay. I know I have so, a lot of friends that are critical of the timeline and I've got mixed feelings, which I can elaborate on. All right. Admiral Kirby, who's the spokesperson for the department of defense speaking from the White House because he was following President Biden's comments from another room in the White House announcing the agreement to send the tanks, said the following about how long it would be before they get there. Take a listen, Jack. And given the process, what's the soonest the Abrams could get there? The, uh, the Pentagon, I think, talked about this uh, earlier today. There, there's no date certain on the calendar, but I think what we're looking at is what's probably going to be many months before they're actually there. Okay. Thank you. Many months. I mean, will the war still be going on 
in many months? Will the Ukraine's backs be to the wall in many months? According to General Zhaluzny, the uh, commander-in-chief of the Ukraine military, he wants 500 tanks, and he wants them before the winter is over. Yeah. Well, I wish he hadn't used the word many. <laughs> uh, I mean, that covers a lot of sins. Uh, I guess that's more than three. What is many? Yeah. But I think there's normal time and and uh, accelerated time when you're dealing with our military. Um, I've been impressed how fast they can do things when they put the pedal to the floor. And I would double that with the agency because it doesn't have to go through the same, um, what would I call it, administrative um, paperwork. And, and again, there's reasons why the Defense Department has to do it. But the agency, one of its traits was the speed with which it could make things move. When you say but it's the not agency, just getting them on a plane. the agency, you mean the CIA? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I was to me, that's the agency, but I respect all the others. Okay, okay so, understood, understood. So, so Colonel, my point uh, is they could probably get 10 of them on a you know ship or plane and get them there in a hurry, but I mean, again, are they going to send 12, 100, you know, what the numbers are? But then you have the training and the preparation. Right. So, you know, time is our enemy on this one. And if we knew when we entered into war, the timelines, I think we'd all behave differently. And if I could just give you a small vignette on my experience on the Afghan war to drive the Russians out, you know, it wasn't as if we got there and suddenly put everything in and they left. I mean, it took years to build up to the capabilities, but it was a clandestine effort. Not clandestine, let me correct that covert effort. There's a difference. Uh, so my point is, it takes time to get these things in place. If they want to get them into place, they can get a limited number of them there. Uh, when I say wanted to, it's, you know, you do the Herculean. I think this situation calls for it. I, I think they should rescind the phrase many months. I think we're going to get them there as fast as we can. Um, but that's not the end of the story. I mean, you, you really have to get you have to get people trained. and But the fact that the Germans were willing to do it is big. That they wanted to send it. If I were in German shoes, I'd say the same thing. What about you? I mean, that's... Yeah. I so mean, Colonel, you should have uh, expected McGregor, that and had the answer yes, and we okay. did. Colonel we did. Doug McGregor, who's one of our uh, military experts and who's West Point and spent his career uh, as a tank commander, says that these tanks don't exist, that they have to be built. And that's really what's going to take so long, not the administrative paperwork, but the time it takes to build them. And then he agrees with you on the training uh, necessary to maintain them. And that training, I guess, will take place either in Ukraine uh, or in Poland. So we're not talking about uh, a change in dynamics tomorrow me, or next month or, or, or even maybe before the spring. Not at all. Let me tell you, let me tell you what, I, what happened to me when I went to the general in charge of all logistics for the United States Army. When I went to ask for stingers, he said, Jack, you look like a nice guy. <laughs> but, well, he didn't say that. He really did. I, that's, that's not true. He, he said, okay, you're here on an official purpose. Um, and I'm glad you came, but uh, you're not getting any <laughs> stingers. And I said, well, why is that? He said, well, they're coming off the line and they have to go to the boys in the front. And I said, well, that I understand. But we haven't have a war going in Afghanistan, and it's the only place where you know people are pushing back on the Russians. I think we really need them, and that's where we need to get them. Well, thank you for your visit. <laughs> Show me the door. Did you get them? I called the White House. This is the second part of the story. 
And he said, Jack, go back tomorrow. So I went back tomorrow, and I could see little blood coming out of the corner of his mouth from biting his tongue. He said, how many do you need? And I said, X. And he said, X? Okay. So my point is, there's a way, if I were in his shoes, I would have said the same thing. There was nothing wrong with his answer whatsoever. But I had a different role. And I would say that to the people that are sitting there at the tank, say, hey, listen, we need these. We got this. We have tanks. Get those goddamn tanks over there and get the best tanks you have, right? Don't worry about building them. Uh, get moving on it. We can deliver tanks. The United States Army has tanks and good ones. So I understand he's an expert. I get it. I'm sure they have to be built. I'm just telling you, my experience has been there's once the will is there, it's amazing what the U.S. military can do. All right. Let me uh, run this clip from Stefano Sanino, who's a senior uh, official of the European Union, giving an official uh, an opinion of the EU on the nature of the conflict in Ukraine. Is it between Ukraine and Russia, or is it between Russia and the West? Take a listen, Jack. Putin has moved from a concept of special operation mm -hmm. to a concept now of a war against NATO and the West. So we are not speaking anymore about special operation to free up a country from a Nazi uh, leadership. Now we are speaking about the war with, uh, with NATO and with the West different story hmm. you want this to be a war with nato and the west don't you never i am a peacenik at heart I've just been uh, <laughs> nobody watching you is going to believe that you represent a culture that wants to use this war to drive putin from office right absolutely not but let me tell you where i come from all right. Peace on earth to all. Okay. Let's start with that. But when someone punches your friend in the face, your ally, right? Un 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 unprovoked. I mean, you can come up and take all the BS that Putin wants to throw out there. It just doesn't stick. So my point is he wanted him to go into U Ukraine. Why? He wants to make his country that much more powerful. Why? Because he wants to be in a more competitive a position against us. He's not interested in detente. That's the big lesson of the last two years. I've been arguing for let's do, let's try and get an arrangement with him. And what I realize is he has bigger ambitions. Now, I don't think he's stupid enough, although I'm, I've now dropped my IQ score on him. I had him up higher than I wished. But if, if for him to invade Germany or Poland, he's asking that to bite off a lot. But can he can chew up a lot of the neighbors? But can he take Ukraine and move that into Russia. Imagine the fighting force that he, the Ukrainians have now if that's on the Russian side. So, you know, I think we were, the Ukrainians were provoked. We're helping them. We weren't, we didn't have an identity with the Afghans, but when the Russians invaded, we went in because it was part of a bigger story. But let me come to your really big point because I'm trying to convince people of something and I'm trying to get pen to paper, but I don't think people want to listen to me except your audience that loves me. So the point is this, he started it, but we should see that there's an opportunity in it. Where do we get peace and stability in our age, in our time? By having a more powerful Russia and China united together and all of those countries that think they may have a winning proposition. Is that what we want? Because if Putin prevails, 
it'll make them a much stronger relationship between Russia and China. If what he fails, you? if he fails, and I have been, you have to turn it off. Excuse me. You have to cut it. The TV, the TV came on. So I apologize. So we'll just cut that. But let me get back to my, my position, which is people are emailing that the TV made more sense than Jack did, but that's all right. Go ahead. <laughs> well, good. It was CNN. So I hope they're happy. <laughs> so uh, coming, coming back to my point, do we want a strong Russia with Putin and she, is that, is that going to bring us peace and harmony so we can live in isolation and enjoy life? My observation, and this is the part that I'm trying to sell. I think Putin, the day he crossed, I'm on record, I'm on record in the Washington Post, not last month, in March of uh, last year, a few days after he evaded, he sowed the seed of his own demise. That is actually good news for us. Whoever causes it, that's a good news. A weak Russia that sees Putin going weakens China as well as Russia. So you do want to see Putin out of office, whether it's I because think at of this his point, own mistakes or because of the military defeats, Jack. Let me, let me not equivocate. If you think I'm equivocating, I think Putin has to go. Okay. Now, I think the Russian people need to do it. They get, let's, we've got to make that distinction. That doesn't right. mean we put, put boots up. I let's think suppose, Putin has violated... Jack, let's suppose that you're back at the agency and the vice and the he's now the president. Sorry, he was the vice president then. And President Biden asks you, "Should I put troops on the ground?" What do no, you? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You've got a fighting force out there. Read Jack Devine's two books, Spy Masters, President Good Hunting. When do you support you? You only support countries that have a, a, a mission that you agree with and they're willing to fight. They're fighting, doing a hell of a job. When that turns the tide, and that turns the tide, then you come back and ask me. Right now, you do not put American troops on. You provide support. My formula is to find allies that we give them everything they have. Let me. And then, uh, if they, if the Russians were to do anything directly against the United States, then you have to do it the needful. But that's I not where you, I am. I want today. you to take. A, I want you to take a look at Admiral Kirby again, talking about President Biden's investment in boots on the ground. President Biden has said since the very beginning of this conflict that we take our Article 5 commitments to NATO seriously. Article 5, of course, is the notion that an attack on one is an attack on all. Uh, and we take that seriously. In fact, we take it so seriously that President Biden ordered an additional 20,000 American troops alone onto the European continent, and they still are there. Now, we'll be rotating them on, on, in and out, but it'll the, 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 the net number of 100,000 American troops on the European continent has stayed the same and will stay the same for the foreseeable future. I guess, yeah, so he, I, thinks, think he's I guess he thinks that Ukraine is already in NATO, the way he's quoting Article 5. But do we need 100,000 troops on the ground? And no, but I was going to make the opposite And point, with 40,000 of them uh, in Poland, uh, uh, in conjunction with 90,000 Polish troops, aren't we just waiting for somebody to light a match? Yeah. Let me come back. I took his comments in the context of NATO, that the obligation is to NATO countries. And... You know, this country has signed up. The Congress has signed up. The vast majority of American people who support this. So we are supporting NATO. I haven't seen any congressman stand up 
and say that his constituents are opposed to that. So, but, but what Russia, he said hasn't, is attacked, Russia hasn't attacked a NATO country. Pardon? Russia has not attacked any right, NATO Right, so countries. these troops are not to be combat. Not, they should not be used in combat until a NATO troop is, is uh, attacked. So where do you put them? You put them in Europe. You put them where it's an, an effort to make Putin stop twice and think before he invades Poland. They're not there to be the point of a lance of attack against the Russians in, in Ukraine. That's not part okay. of the game. Geopolitically, is 100,000 American troops in Europe. A lot, a little, the beginning. What's how, many we had, how many have we had for 50 years? I think we've had more than that for 50 yeah, years. So I'm saying we've had troops in Europe. They've been staged there for years. I have a grand uh, a grandson that's on his way um, to Romania, right? I mean, you know, they're... We have troops all through Europe. It's been part of the alliance since World War II. But what happened, it got sleepy. And I think in the last three, four or five years, it's starting. But his invasion converted NATO into a much stronger group. That the, If you would have told me a year before Putin went in that the Germans were going to provide tanks to Ukraine, I would say never, never happened. So that we're putting troops, that, you know, People are trying to draw lines here. There's a very clear agreement in NATO. If they're attacked, I mean, if you want to change that, then you got to go down and win elections, get people in Congress and change that. You got to get new presidents and all. But as it stands now, that's the rules. That's what he was quoting. But I'm totally opposed to putting troops in Ukraine. Tell unless me it's how a, you unless think, there's a direct attack against NATO. Tell me how you, before we go, Jack, tell me how you think the war will progress uh, in the next two or three months, in the dead uh, of winter before the spring arrives. Yeah, I'm more worried about the spring arrives. I think it's. All right, sort of tell me about your fears of no, the spring. What are you worried about? Well, I think, you know, we, we see the Russians clawing away, the Wagner group, they're taking a lot of losses, getting in town here and the town there. I see that sort of dragging on. It depends on how quickly we get these armaments there, both the air defense, the shells. Both sides are desperate for shells of the right caliber. And so I think it's going to be somewhat stalemated. And then we have to see how the new Russian army comes out, you know, and they come out in the spring and they're going to make a big push. And have we been able to put everything that we need to, to confront that? Are we ready with the right strategies? I'm betting on the Ukrainians still. It's not to say that the Russians aren't going to be formidable. I do think they're really under-trained. Be, sometimes when you create something big and it's not well-trained, they become cannon fodder. So I, I think it's going to be a really tough uh, spring, and I think the war in many ways will be decided. Not that there won't be a victor. In other words, the, the Russians cannot conquer Ukraine as long as they, And the Ukrainians are not going to beat the Russians. There's a certain point where both sides pull back. And they, they, even if you don't have an agreement, they lower their intensity. And that's what I think Putin personally is in trouble in his own country, and I think he goes. Once there's when he if he fails, that's why the stakes are so big. All right. Well, when if you say fails. when you say you still think Ukraine can prevail, what do you mean by prevail? Well, I think when the push comes, that they'll be able to hold the Russians off. Russians will not be able to take. All right, but they're they're not they're not going to push the Russians out of eastern no. Ukraine, and they're certainly not going to no. push them out of Crimea. No, they're going to hold so that the Russian. What it'll be is when you and I can say that well, the Russians didn't win that one. It's not that the Ukrainians won. They will prevail by just holding them off. 
that'll be a failure by in in most Russians' mind if he doesn't if he doesn't demonstrate that he's beaten the Ukrainians. I don't think when I say prevail, he will not beat the Ukrainians. He'll win a battle, win a battle, win a battle. Not going to prevail as long as we're as long as we're in it. Says he has three hundred thousand trained new troops ready to enter the uh, theater. That, well, he's going to well, add those to the the thousands of prisoners he let out of jail because he couldn't man his existing army. Who are these people that are coming in? What kind well, of training? They're, you, think uh, they went to, you went to think they went to Paris Island or Quantico? You think they? You think they've got? Well, they're probably training. not of that caliber, but they're. Do they have shoes? Do they have shoes? Reservists who are trained, and now perhaps unhappily, are back in the military. It's a huge well, number. Of under, well, under armed and trained and supported in the first round. I mean, you know, they've got a lot of makeup work to do. Now, maybe, maybe, maybe in this short period of time, they have really whipped their army together. It would be unprecedented, certainly unprecedented for the Russians. But numbers matter. But when you start, if you make that push and you're losing tens of thousands of people, and you're not making ground, you're not winning. I mean, you might win another city, another province. I, it, it so much depends, and this is why time is so important, getting the stuff over there on time. And I'm not as critical about delay because I understand the delays, but we really would be in much better position if we had moved quicker. And I don't like to hear that, oh, we take us months to make tanks. That's really the wrong message. Not the message, it's the wrong action. Jack Get the Devine. Tanks Load them up. Jack Devine, always a pleasure, my man. You're a good man to come here. Thank you very much for joining us. Justin I'm consistent. Paul. I'm consistent. Yes, you are. Yes, you are, my man. And, and your audience is consistent. Yes, my audience is consistent in its opinions of you. God well, bless them. I had well, a guy leave. I had a guy leave a voicemail. I mean, uh, you get some wackadoos out there, right? You got totally confused about life and the world. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I, hope you, I hope it wasn't a judging freedom viewer that left you voicemail, Jack. It was. It was. And he said, listen, I believe everything the judge says, and you're full of shit. That's what he said. <laughs> Whoever he is, he's a good man. Thank you, Jack. I'll see you. <laughs> no, I believe a lot of your audience are good people. This guy was. And this guy's one of those people that, you know, you got to worry about at night. Yeah, uh, don't worry. And my guess is he's a 100-pound weakling, you know, big mouth but no muscle. <laughs> but anyway, but – the only reason I don't listen to any of this stuff, other than it was on my voicemail, so I got it. And then I thought, oh, this is humor—not humorous. That isn't the right word. I, you know, it's like listening to someone that does mental, uh, you know, thinks the aliens are coming to get us. It's like, wow, well, there there are people out like that. Anyway, I hope we make. I hope we move the ball a little bit today. Uh, every time we talk, we move the ball. It's much appreciated, yeah. Jack. We'll see you again yeah, soon. Same. Thank you. And the interviews and the clips are really good. Yes, I mean, they I think are. They add to it, and it gives you, you know, someone to, you know, bounce off of, and you know, it's not me just uh, I'm bouncing off of something very specific. Oh no, you're, so you're Jack. I, I got to say, good Jack, you're starting. Yeah, good. The Bye. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Judge the Paul Taylor for judging freedom. And don't forget the book. <laughs>